Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue Podcast. My name is David Rudy. I'm the pastor of Doxa Church. And we have a familiar voice with us, and we have a new voice at the table today. So first of all, I want to introduce Anna Prather. Hello. And of course, once again, returning for season four is Jeremy Hartman. Hey, guys. How are y'all doing? Doing oh. good. So stressed. <laughs> <laughs> You're moving. Yes. Yeah. So many things all the time. There's moving with two toddlers. Oh. Moving try with uh, my wife, Emily, in school. Yeah. Three days out of the week. And so there's, there's very little time to pack. And no a lot of time to deal with children. No, no, not a lot of time to deal with children either. <laughs> not so. enough time. <laughs> no. Your wife, oh, I might add, who's killing it with her with her nail school. Oh, she's doing her, so good. Yeah. Like her teacher nice. wants her to take over the school. Wow. Whoa. So Whoa. Cool. The student <laughs> who's just ready to take the reins. Right. That. Just crazy stuff. So she's going to be the breadwinner and <laughs> I will just sit down all day and that'd be, hey. be perfect. Yeah. Stay at home dad life. Right. Wow. How are you, Anna? I'm doing good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still recovering from losing my voice. It's taken a slow time coming back. But outside of that, things are good. We're also in the process of moving, hopefully, buying a house. So we're waiting on all the logistics of that to come back before we, like, get excited, excited. But we're, we're, uh, we're getting close. That, I mean, no matter what you do, there's a lot of thoughts running through your mind there yeah, of excitement sure. and anticipation. That's great. Yeah. Being excited and nervous at the same time. Like yeah. it's, it's weird. <laughs> exactly. Well, my wife, Julie and I just came back today from Savannah, Georgia. Uh, we had a really quick getaway, which we were, we were stressed out and, yeah. and just, just overloaded too. And, and Julie's birthday is coming up and Nice. The church even just said, hey, look, we got some credit card points when, with a rebrand and our move. Nice, like there's been yeah. all these purchases. It's nice. like, wait, we could just use these points and get a hotel. So That's great. It was awesome. Some people in our life group helped out Sweet. Like, watching the kids. Yeah. And it was just like, wow, what a gift from the church. So cool. And it was much needed. And we had well, you guys work so hard. So it's really good that you're taking that time to get those getaways because they're really important. Yeah, they so are. Well, we have a really interesting topic and it's a very important topic today. We're going to be talking about addiction. Every day, people battle enslavement from a broad array of addictions, from substances and activities. I mean, you have sexual obsessions, illegal drugs, prescription narcotics, video gaming, phone, social media, how that can be just an appendage to your life of just your phone. So many more. We could just go on and on. And many of us are in the throes of addiction. And even if you're not, you most likely know someone who is. So today on the Doxa Dialogue, we want to give some attention and insight into this epidemic and start a conversation about how you can get over your addictions. This podcast is about living life on mission for the glory of God. And as the people of Jesus, that's what we're called to do. And while sometimes we struggle to make the practice of our life match up with the position of who we are in Christ, we want to address some helpful and some practical ways that we can replace addictions with the worship of Jesus Christ. 
So Anna, would you like to dive in and give us your posture first? Yeah, absolutely. Hi, I'm Anna and I'm an addict. Um, My initial response is to play that off as a joke. But in all seriousness, I do struggle with addiction. Um, My addictions have changed throughout my life, but... I, like all people living in this world, struggle. Right now, my addiction is food. Uh, When I don't feel well, I feel sad or chaotic or scared or tired. My first response, I just find myself constantly just going and opening the fridge to see what I can snack on. And let me just pause for a minute to say, I exercise. I'm relatively healthy. Most people wouldn't know. I would never guess. Yeah, most people wouldn't know that that was something that I struggle with, that it's a daily struggle for me. But it it is. Um, Mm. And because... um, like I'm a huge foodie. I I love to try new foods. I we like had a ex- lot of good foods in Savannah. I just got back from a cruise, so I'm sure there's a lot yeah. of food. Lots there. of really cool things. And yeah. honestly, like I feel like food is one of those things that's just such an amazing and creative gift from God. Mm. So I just want to pause to say that. But however, I do find that food becomes addictive for me during the times that I run to satisfy, I run to it in order to satisfy an unrelated need. Mm. Um, and, um, sometimes just trying to quiet or like just ignore those things that I just Mm -hmm. don't want to feel. And so I go, I try to put something in so I don't have to think about it. And Mm -hmm. I find that to be a daily struggle for me to find those, to make those healthy choices that I know will make me feel better you know, mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis will make me healthier, will make me be able to make better choices, have a clearer mind. And um, it's hard making yeah. those decisions um, based on the long-term and not just that initial like... Instant gratification. Yeah, instant gratification. And it is hard. I can make a decision one day, hey, I'm not going to eat pizza again this week. <laughs> and then the next day I can find myself eating a half a pizza because, oh, well, my son... Like he's a picky eater. Justification. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. So that's something that I struggle with. And I found it to be particularly difficult recently. It it seems to flare up. And I think this is a pretty consistent thing for people who do struggle um, with addiction. Um, I find it flare up when there's things that feel like trauma in my life. And it's Mm -hmm. particularly been more difficult for me over the past few months uh, because a few months ago, my son was given a diagnosis of autism spectrum disorder Mm -hmm. and just trying to like wrap my head around the ramifications of that and what, how that changes our lives. Mm -hmm. And um, honestly, just being able to the flood of emotions um, I found those that daily struggle with food to be harder, you know, to yeah. be harder to say no to. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah. So um, I did want to talk honestly and publicly about this because my posture is a reflection of John 3, uh, where he talks about walking in the light. Oh, it's actually Jesus speaking, um, talking about walking in the light versus cowering in the darkness. Mm. Um And, you know, you may be thinking, maybe um, the listeners may be thinking this too, um, like, well, Anna, you wouldn't be speaking so publicly about this particular addiction if you, or about your addictions if you were addicted to something more culturally taboo, like sex or alcohol. Mm -hmm. And to that, I'd like to say that 
Um, I hope that I would have the courage to speak up about any addiction because regardless of what names our addictions have, we're each the same in that we fall into them because we're just desperately seeking for wholeness. Mm -hmm. And that can only be found in Jesus Christ. That's so true. There's nowhere else. Yeah. And you know, you just made me think too, as you were saying this, like every addiction most likely is coming from a good thing. Like food, it's a good thing. Yeah, it's not as taboo. Well, you know what? Sex, it's a good thing too. And and you mean like, it's always a good thing that becomes the enemy of the best. Yeah. And it's when anything can become an idol when it's in front of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. Just mentioned. Yeah, for sure. Uh, And I think a lot of times we feel shame when we find ourselves tempted to fall back into that or to relapse. Um, And I think often the shame is what catapults us toward our addictions even further. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'd like to take the posture that when we face temptation, that we just take a breath and examine the real desire or need that we feel in that moment. And in doing so, then we can find some healing in truth and in the restorative power of Christ. Yeah. I mean, I genuinely believe that addiction is an epidemic among Christians right now. Um, because we're so afraid to step into the light and accept reality. John 3 offers hope and a call to action when it comes to sin and addiction. Uh, Jesus tells us that this is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why, so that no one need be destroyed. It says by believing in him Anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help. He -hmm. came to put the world right again. He came to bring restoration. Mm -hmm. And he goes on to talk about how God streamed his glorious light into the world. And we all went running for the shadows because we're more interested in hiding our addictions and failures for fear of like a painful exposure that we're living uh, in this darkness when really we could be living in the glorious light of God where there's forgiveness and healing for our addictions. And God calls us out of that darkness to live exposed in the light of God by accepting reality for what it is Mm. and watching God make this beautiful work out of the messiness of our lives. And after like really taking time to like, Um, pour into this thought and these verses, Um, my determination right now in overcoming this particular addiction is rather than focusing on the darkness of my own weakness and getting caught up in the shame and the guilt, I will accept the healing light of God to guide me to healthier choices, just to sit and be silent and let his light infiltrate those darker places in my mind that are just telling me I need more. I need more. I need more. The reality is I don't need more. I have enough and I am enough in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Yeah. You talked about how it's not just covering up, you know, we can like just sit there in the shame piece of it. Like Mm -hmm. this is bad for me and all, but it's really not just sitting there, but getting deeper to the root, right? Yeah. Like, why do I feel like I need to eat? Or why do I feel like I have to game? And why do I feel like I always have to be checking my Instagram account, whatever that is? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I know, what do y'all think about that? Like, how are some ways that we can get to the root 
and, and look past just the surface level addiction, because yes, we know that's bad, but getting to the root is, is the way we're going to solve yeah. this. Right. <clears throat> which I intend to get a little bit more into it in my posture, which is fine. I don't mind repeating. If it's important, <laughs> we should repeat it anyway. <laughs> that's right. Um, but first off, understanding the difference between embarrassment and shame, I think will be very helpful hmm. with people who are, who are yeah. addicted to something. Because embarrassment is just a distaste towards something you've done, which mm -hmm. is like, that's, you know, we should be embarrassed for for certain things that, you know, are are, are causing addiction or, or causing sin, whatever, That that's a normal thing. But shame takes it a step farther and it, it causes you to, you know, hate yourself. It, it, mm -hmm. it causes you to hate help from the outside world. It causes you to be fearful and, and to close in, mm. you know, shame is what Adam and Eve felt when they sinned against God and, and, and covered their naked bodies. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it, it'd be one thing if they just, you know, hated that they had done it, but it was the shame that caused them to run away. Yeah. So, you know, first off understanding that, yeah, like there's going to be embarrassment and there's going to be embarrassment in, in sharing. But one of the things like, like you asked the question, how do we figure out the root? is being embarrassed, but, you know, first living in, in the freedom that there's no longer shame in Christ yeah, mm -hmm. and being able to express that to one other person or, mm -hmm. or a group of people that, that you trust and, and, you know, asking, you know, for their guidance, asking for their prayer, uh, asking for, you know, scripture. Yeah. Um, That's something I plan on talking about too, was yeah. like the openness and the honesty. And thank you, Anna, for, Right. Just starting this off with the right yeah. tone, you know? Like, yeah, I think, I do think that that openness is so important because when we live covered up, we're never going to find healing. Mm -hmm. And I was just talking to my husband yesterday about the fact that sometimes we're afraid to ask God those hard questions that we think we're going to get reprimands for from him. Mm -hmm. Like, but... I have always found that when I finally am just like, you know what? I'm just going to ask it. I'm going <laughs> to ask God what he thinks about this thing that I think is terrible that yeah. I did or that I experienced um, that I don't want to hear his reprimand because I'm already doing a bang up job of reprimanding myself for. <laughs> and oh. I have found that every time that I've finally just been like, okay, God, here it is. What do you think about this? Where, where are you and I on this? It is every single time met with love and kindness mm. and restoration and healing. It is never met with a, how dare you? You're a right. terrible person. Never. never. It's, I've never experienced that when I've really opened up and exposed that vulnerable piece of me to God. Yeah. Like you said, that mm -hmm. comes from self, you know, you're, yeah. you're the one reprimanding yourself. You're the one that's saying, Oh God definitely hates me, mm -hmm. but it, you know, there's no evidence of that in scripture at all. There's no evidence in, in our experiences of life either. Yeah. You know, there's no punishment for what we've done. Yes. No condemnation for those who are in Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah. And that's what we've been seeing in our church on Sundays. We're in this series, Beloved Identity. And it goes back to like, who does God say you are? It's not how we feel because yeah. our emotions and our, our feelings, like they're not always right. You know, mm -hmm. like it's, this is who God looks at you and says, you are chosen, you're adopted, you are redeemed, you are forgiven. I mean, it goes on and on with that list of lavish gifts. And yeah, that's what I mentioned even in the outset was like, it's the difference between like 
practicing that and living that out, mm-hmm. like with our position, it's true of us positionally. Now we just have to internalize it and make it true of our practice, yeah. like how yeah. we think and how we talk about ourselves and how we communicate with other people. There's no shame in admitting we're struggling with something. Yeah. Right. Everybody's struggling with something. Yeah. So yeah. there's this old skit, um, with Bob Newhart and he talks about, uh, he's love Bob Newhart. Yeah. Yes. He's amazing. He's hilarious. I, I've never seen anything. Bob Newhart. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy is like oh. five years or so. He's just younger. young enough he's, that he just was just too young. <laughs> just yeah. Too young. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's called stop it. If any of you out there have seen it, uh, it's, it's about addiction recovery therapy and Bob Newhart <laughs> is the therapist and each oh, yeah. client comes into his office and they sit down and they're pouring their heart out about how hard this their addiction is. And he sits there and he listens and, um, you know, they finish talking about it and he goes, okay, I got two words for you. You might want to write these down. These are going to fix everything. It's going to change your life. And here they are. Here are these two words. Stop it. <laughs> and they look up. He's like, just stop it. Uh, and, it's, and he does it time, time again, like through each patient that he has come into the room. Yeah. And it's so funny. And everybody laughs at the skit. And it's funny because we all know that an addiction is just so much more complicated mm-hmm. than the simple act of quitting. Um, and I thought of that because I was thinking, um, I used to be a, a behavior analyst, um, for a while. And, um, Paul in the Bible actually talks about, um, three points of recovery, um, that are also backed up in behavioral psychology. Paul uses the terms, um, to put off, renew and put on. Mm -hmm. So he talks about putting off the old behavior, renewing your mind and truth, and then putting on the new self. And all three of these are necessary for recovery. If you stop at the put off or the stop it, you know, Mm -hmm. behavior, uh, part of it, behavioral sciences will tell, have always told us that you're either going to fall back into the habit or you're going to find a comparable replacement behavior, or in other words, you're going to find another addiction. Um, that's just science. Um, and it's also biblical, um, a new behavior will always replace an old one, or I guess rather an old an old behavior will always be replaced by a new behavior. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so important to, as we're, trying to put this off, to refocus our mind, to listen to the spirit speaking to us, um, mm-hmm. renewing our how what our identity actually is, is we're not defined by the past, renewing our mind into what our identity is, and then finding those appropriate replacement behaviors that are going to lead us to healthier choices and ultimately closer to God. That is so good. So yeah, it's been, it's been, I've really enjoyed kind of thinking through this for this um, particular episode, um, my mantra as of late has been that I am capable of change. I get discouraged when I look at myself and my struggles and the less than desirable patterns in my life. And I'm realizing though that as I choose light and reality over darkness, which feels stagnant and fear, um, that Christ has given me the privilege of being capable of change. If I don't like how I feel in my favorite 
favorite pair of pants, I'm capable of change. Mm -hmm. I find myself halfway through a carton of ice cream. (laughs) I am capable of change. There's no addiction that is too terrible that God's just going to refuse to bring restoration to. He offers restoration to every single person who desires to change. And God says in Isaiah 43, Forget about what has happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be present because I'm about to do something brand new. And he continues to talk about how he doesn't keep a list of our sins. Uh, He is really, really good at breathing life into dry bones. And he wants to satisfy those deep longings within us that often prompt us toward addictive behavior. And if we choose the light of God, regardless of how exposed we may feel, we'll find healing and satisfaction in Christ. And then bonus, others are going to see the amazing healing power of God through us. Mm -hmm. And the exposure of our own weakness will only testify to the greatness of God. Absolutely. Thank you, Anna. That's a great start to this conversation. Yeah, I think we just ended there. I feel like we just summed it all up. We're set. All right, guys, see you next week. That's right. (laughs) That is absolutely right. Well, to even just keep going with that, to draw fresh insight from scripture on modern addictions, I think one of the places besides John 3, which was a great start, one of the other places we can go is the biblical teaching on idolatry. Colossians 3, 5 says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry. And Jonah 2, 8, you know, along these same lines says that those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. And that has to do with that putting off, putting on, right? Like it goes back to what you're replacing that with. And those things, if they're in the way of the love of God, it's not going in the right direction. So I think the idolatry passages capture how human beings indulge their desires. We worship ultimately because we were created to worship. So I mean, this is just how we're hardwired. It's in Mm -hmm. our DNA. Like we're going to worship something. And a lot of times when it's not God, it looks like the form of an addiction. And with idols, we think they will satisfy us. But if it's not God, again, this is what we were, this is, we were created to worship him. So anything other than him, it's going to bring emptiness. It's not going to bring that ultimate fulfillment. Or a false sense of satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. we think like this is, this is great. Like this is good, but. Yeah, exactly. And it could, it could yeah. last for a while. Like there's yeah. a season where maybe it does feel yeah. perfect. Like, yeah. oh, Blinds this is what I've been truth. looking for. Right. Well, I don't think addiction would exist if it weren't a cyclical thing. It, addiction mm-hmm. wouldn't be addiction if it were not cyclical. Uh, yeah. It's it's because it doesn't satisfy that we turn to it again and again and again because we need more and more and more in order to yeah. satisfy that longing that's within us. Yeah, that's so true. So I think, you know, how you battle this, how you look at this, the first two ways that we scripturally defeat the idols of addiction. I think the first one is identify the spiritual darkness behind the lie. Idolatry opens our eyes to the hidden allegiances within addictions and all of life is personal. We are either linked to God or we forge an alliance with something else that's basically taking the place of God. It's an anti-God and that is a crumbling empire. One expression of this alliance is lying. Lies are natural to all addiction 
And we know where the root of lies comes from. It comes from Satan. But for an addict, knowing that you lie provides a focal point in a scattered lifestyle. So when you're addicted to something, if you're not being honest about it, like like Anna just pointed out in the first segment here, um, you're lying to yourself about how it's okay or you're excusing it away. So watch yourself like, for every lie you've spoken, there are dozens that you don't even remember. And when you speak lies, um, you start to believe those lies. And I think a lot of people who are in addiction, they have believed, they've listened to the lies so many times that they believe that it's okay. Maybe they even believe they're not addicted. But if you wanna help addicts, you have to do, and if you wanna help yourself and get, get over an addiction, do what you can to create a culture that delights in openness and honesty. And this is why here's the first reoccurring theme, right? Uh, for example, if someone voluntarily confesses an addiction, it is a time of grief for family and friends, but also a time when we are thankful for the Spirit's work. Mm. The once enslaved person is beginning to speak God's language rather than Satan's language of cover up and hiding which only brings shame. So like rejoice in the fact that, hey, look, this person's being honest. Like this is a good step in the right direction. And then step two, just confront the shame with the light of Jesus Christ. So you're gonna hear even more parallels with all these postures, I'm sure. But, you know, addicts can be complicated though they have a commitment to inordinate desires. There's usually more happening. For example, many addicts have been rejected and treated as nothing by those who claim to love them, mm-hmm. which means they are covered in shame and they don't even have an apparent way out many times. Addictions can also be temporary, though a, though an effective means to avoid shame. If you want to help an addict confront shame, I think you got to go to the scripture. Like yeah. you start reading the Bible, especially in the gospels, and you'll see the life of Jesus he doesn't, like, again, I just love how there's so many parallels to what Anna was already saying, but like Jesus doesn't lay blame on people. He never gives them that harsh word of like, yeah. you should have done this. Yeah, well, you have to like, fight. What's your problem? You have to fight the lies with the truth. Like, yeah. You can't fight the lie with anything else because otherwise you just continue in the lie. Exactly. And there's so many times where you would expect Jesus to to just be upset with someone or... I mean, we're dealing with Peter and all these disciples who just sometimes could not get it through their thick heads, right? But Jesus was patient and Jesus was loving. So those are the two quick things that I wanted to address, like those two points. Be honest, be open, really analyze, am I speaking truth here in my mind? Or is there a lie going on? And don't accept the lie. And when you do realize this is the untruth, that I need to uncover, shine the light of Jesus into that situation. Yeah. So mine, I, I, I'm kind of taking a, a little bit different of an uh, approach with this whole thing. Normally, like like you were saying, David, the best thing to do is to focus on, on Christ. Mm-hmm. But I'm focusing more on the problem here, but yeah. more of like the secular viewpoint of addiction, because I think even as Christians, we tend to, we tend to fall into this false sense of, of reality. Mm. Um, so when, when I saw that we were doing this, this addiction, uh, episode, the first thing that came to my mind was a, a few different 
times of, of seeing some celebrity videos of them admitting to porn addiction. Now, I mean, mm-hmm. it's very specific. I mean, it could it can be any other kind of addiction, but in this case, it is it is porn addiction. Uh, one in particular was, I don't know if you guys ever seen the video by Terry Crews. Yeah, I have. Uh, yeah. Where he was just talking about the effects and uh, Jada Pickett, Jada Pinkett Smith mm-hmm. was another one that she was on a, uh, her talk show with her daughter and mother talking about, I uh, know, her porn addiction. And there, there's a lot of commonalities between all, all of these people. And I mean, no evidence of being, you know, Christ followers by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can see a little bit of, of truth in, in what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to kind of focus on the video by, by Terry Crews, for those who got, for those who don't know, he's a, he's an actor, um, a lot in a ton of movies, Brooklyn nine, nine. Uh, yes. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> like, like crazy yeah. guy, like oh, okay. super funny, really buff dude. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. The dude that can make his pecs dance. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's about a, a five minute video and in it, he, he begins to describe the effects of, of his addiction. So one of those effects is, you know, this mentality of not treating people like they're people. Like they are just objects that they are, they are things because, you know, in, in this addiction of his, it, it skewed the way he, he viewed reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that in turn affected his, his marriage with his wife. It affected his relationships with, with friends. And, mm-hmm. uh, he made a comment that there would be people that went up to him and said, uh, Porn is not a real addiction, so you know there's there's hmm. always going to be there's always going to be so there's going to be lie those lies, yeah, yeah, that say yeah. you know that's not like like you were saying like food is not a real addiction or, or it's had, not as serious as today. addiction. I was telling him about yeah. about uh. what I was doing tonight, and we had a conversation about well, is this really an addiction or is it just from wounds in my past? And I'm like, well. Yeah, yeah, it is an addiction. Yeah. It might not be as right. culturally relevant right. and, you know, mm-hmm. shocking. But Right. So, like, mm-hmm. the secular viewpoint was that, that he took was a little bit it's a, is okay, but when you watch it, you know, day through night, then it's addiction, which that part, yes, very true that it was addiction for him. But, you know, allowing mm-hmm. a little bit of sin, you know, right. coming, coming from the, 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 the Christ perspective— um, that that's where part of his message became uh, skewed. Um, yeah, this is good, man. I'm really glad you're taking this other. I mean, this is why we have postures. We want it right. to come from multiple angles because, like, the world is going to mess up our thinking on this. Of course, they're going to take something and they're going to oversimplify it, or they're going to excuse it away, and they're not going to look at sin the way the Bible it, would, absolutely would project it. Yeah, because yeah. it's a it's a lot easier to follow the world than to follow the truth of, of Christ. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, if you go to videos like this, which there are millions of views, or you go to YouTube, or, or mm-hmm. you know, so many different avenues, there's so many lies sprinkled in with a little bit of truth. Like there was some truth in what he was saying yep. that followed scripture. Like he talked about being open and, and talking to others about it because you're not going to be able to heal. Unless mm-hmm. you are, you begin to be open about it and and share those those wounds, um, so you you saw truth there that God has God has put that truth in all of us. It just depends yeah. on where where we place that. But we we see 
we see in in his in his video and we see in you know Jada Pinkett Smith and and really any any addiction there there's there's a trend uh, that begins begins small it, it begins minute where it doesn't seem like it will affect anything mm-hmm. um, but there there's that there's a progression of of deepening pain there's a progression of of deepening sin and and shame and and remorse and i, I wanted i wanted to bring out this scripture uh, to kind of highlight you know what it looks like when when we go through this progression with lies and then when we go through this progression in truth um scripture that most have heard so many times it's uh, mark 12 30 through 31 and it says and you shall love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind and with all your strength um maybe just just i mean that's just a single verse but what we see here is i mean these these aren't all separate things that are just that are random they mm. they all intermingle they all intertwine with each other and the writers of scripture being led by the holy spirit are very intentional with how they you know formulate these sentences Absolutely. so it begins with you know loving the lord your god with all your heart like that's where it begins yeah you know heart is not it's it's not something you can you can touch it's not something you can see but it is something that that directs us and guides us and we know from scripture that you know the heart is deceitful mm-hmm. and uh, and understanding that you know we we can't trust our own hearts so if if the heart wants something that is not Christ then first off we must understand that we can't trust that yeah. so what what he says here is love first off love your god with all your heart yeah you know begins there because when you when the lie is entering through your heart then it goes to the next point where he says, you know, with all your soul, you know, the soul encompasses, you know, your heart, it encompasses your mind, your your, your spirit of, of who you are. Uh, and it, it begins to affect more than just your desires. It, it affects, it begins to affect your mindset. It affects your the spirit of, of your identity. Mm-hmm. Um and then the next part with all your mind, like, like Terry Crews was saying, like he began to view people differently because of, of this addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just, it, you, and like you were saying, and like you were saying like there, these, these lies begin to creep in. You start believing these lies, uh, because they're so prevalent. Like they're, they're so prevalent in your heart and, and in your soul that they're, they're real to you. Uh, and it affects your reality and and how you approach life, how you view God Himself, how you view yourself, and then it, the last part, loving God with all your strength, is that physical aspect hmm. of it. Where you know when, once it gets to that point of your mind, your your mind and your heart and your soul direct what you do uh, with your body, with, with, with other people, with, with jobs, relationships, whatever. So that, that is the, the physical aspect, the strength aspect is, is just revealing what's going on with all those other pieces with your heart, your soul and and your mind. Uh, So when, when Mark and, and, you know, it's, it's in multiple different scriptures throughout the gospels and the old Testament where he says, and you shall love the Lord, your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Understand that 
this is a progression that we must we must fight to begin with loving God with all of our heart mm-hmm. because when when you are going through addiction no matter what kind of addiction it is it doesn't immediately go away anyone who has gone through it or is going mm-hmm. through it understands that mm-hmm. you know you fight and you fight and there's so many things coming at you that you know that that is a that is a hard battle yeah so it must begin with loving your god with all your heart and as as god begins to begins to transform your desires and transform your heart to to follow after truth follow after him uh then your soul will begin to to change and your your mind will begin to change because mm-hmm. it, it will it will match the desires that god is 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 changing within you uh, so loving God with all your heart will cause you to love God with your mind. You will think on God. You will you will remember to pray. Remember to you know to go to other people for help or go to Scripture, and yeah. it, it'll it'll cause you to know truth that God loves you despite of your own actions and not live in the shame. And then coming all in, you you will see it transform in, in, in your physical aspect and in, in mm. your strength that, you know, everything you do, everything you say becomes evidence of, of God's yeah. glory. So the, the secular worldly aspect is replace it with something else. Like, like we've been saying that this whole time, mm-hmm. um, this is a thought that has gone in my mind a lot of how to explain it to others because there there's an understanding that you know in addiction it causes you to want that thing even more um mm-hmm. but god does the same thing like yeah god, like we we don't we yeah. don't describe a relationship with god as as an addiction right but so we we have to understand the differences you know that addiction when we want to go to these things more and more these things don't bring life. Right. You know, I was just going to say like the difference when you're addicted to Jesus is he brings life. Exactly. He brings like the ultimate life that you were created to be. Yeah. Yeah. And he even uses the example um, in the passage that talks about don't drink excessively, but Mm -hmm. instead the direct opposite of that or the direct equivalent of that, maybe it would be the better way of saying it is be filled with the spirit. It's, It's either this or that. You can have the same kind of euphoria, Mm -hmm. um, healthy, like experience in either this temporary obsession or this temporary altering of your mind or a permanent healthy altering of Mm -hmm. your mind through the spirit of God. And another great thing that you were bringing out about this too, Jeremy, is you know, the physical is connected obviously to the spiritual and like your strength is going to be affected. Like just, you know, the lack of sleep and all these things that can like, a lot of times that's when we start realizing, oh, this is an addiction. We don't really realize it until the mental side of it has like literally affected my soul and my soul has affected the stress and all these other layers start coming out. And it goes back to like that root aspect, like, wait, you're just saying like, we have to love the Lord, our God, walk with God, love him more than you love anything else. And you're going to be able to defeat that, that addiction at that point. I did also want to mention too, 
just listening um, and thinking through this, that I think in those moments that we have of clarity um, where we want so badly to overcome our addiction, a lot of times we turn to God and it's kind of this feeling of a quick fix, like, okay, like just Mm -hmm. trust Jesus and everything will be fine. Well, he doesn't say, um, trust me and I'll make your world perfect. All addiction (laughs) will be eliminated. And I know there are people who have experienced immediate healing, miraculous change in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I think those stories are amazing, but that is not everyone's experience. Some battle through addiction and through their struggles year after year after year. And I think it's interesting that God calls us to live in the light. It's a daily practice. It's Mm -hmm. not a momentary quick fix. Um, it, it is daily mm-hmm. practicing a certain way of living um, that will guide you through yeah. Jesus into Absolutely. a healthy space. So true. Yeah, I I mean, to sum it all up, I mean, we've really we've really covered a lot of really helpful things. I, I think this is gonna be super helpful. Um, it's been helpful for me. You know, I've been very much addicted to things in my past. Like I've been addicted to video games. I've been addicted to achievement in sports. I've been addicted. I mean, I could just go down the list. I'm definitely the type of person who can go all in on something and make that my God easily. Like that's just how I'm wired even more I think than most people. And I mean, we could probably all sit here and just talk about the different addictions we've had in the past, but you really have three options, right? And this is what we've all alluded to. And to sum it up one final time, you can either just shun it and just shove it away. The Bob Newhart method, you know, he's sitting in that, that, uh, that shrinks chair and just stop it. (laughs) You get, you got that aspect, like that approach, which a lot of people try to do. And then they just fill that void with another addiction later on. You can just embrace it. And this is where you also see a lot of people who like they're struggling with something. They know that they're they're struggling with that and they they feel that. And other people are just like, hey, it's okay. You know, the world says it's fine. It's not a big deal. Just be who you are. And they just embrace it head headlong. And yeah. a lot of people are in that position. And they and they it might be offensive to think, well, why would you say, you know, who I am is an addiction? But it goes back again to the root. We're not just talking about like the surface level. We're talking about like what's where's your heart at? And the addiction is the actions from temptations that were faced where it becomes to affect your life is where you allow shame and behavior to come in and um, block you from being able to listen to the spirits guiding in your life, mm-hmm. to block you from being open and exposed with those around you who love you and want to walk through that with you. Yeah, absolutely. You have either the shun it, you either have it embrace it. And like, there's a lot of layers between both of those, but we have really seen from scripture tonight that you have to replace it with the truth of God's word. Mm -hmm. And that's where you go back to like, okay, I'm experiencing this. This is in my mind. I'm dealing with this. I'm maybe experiencing shame from this, but like I have to turn away from what everyone else says Mm -hmm. 
because maybe there's some some kernels of truth and maybe there's some some error there. And I have to go back to what does God's word say? And that's where I replace it with the truth of who God is. And I make him the God of my life. And I make my identity as a Christian, I have to make my identity in Christ before I make my identity in anything else. And, and that's where it goes back to exactly what we've talked about, loving God, walking with Jesus, putting off and putting on, renewing your mind in the truth of God's word. And that's ultimately the path to victory. It really comes down to that. It's, it's if I'm going to put this off, renew my mind, and put on the truth of who God says I am in Jesus Christ. Hopefully this has been helpful to you. Uh, if you would like to have a conversation with us about addiction, I know there's people out there who definitely um, probably want to hear more and probably want to take this one step further. We would love to talk with you. You can reach out to us. We have a website. It's uh, our church's website is www.doxaupstate.church and forward slash Doxa Dialogue. That's where you can find our podcast online. You can also find us on Instagram and it is Doxa underscore Dialogue. Comment there. Uh, just, just shoot us a direct message and we'd be glad to talk with you more. That's all we have for tonight. But thank you for listening. You are loved. Oh.